E3 2020 cancelled, and more coming up on today's episode of The Lays in Tech News. Hey Gadget here, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's only 3-in-1 show on tech, gadgets, and gaming news. That's right, this is The Lays in Tech News. My name is Taylor American. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button right now so that you don't miss out on the latest. We uh, try to keep the show updated daily around these parts and uh, if you tuned into yesterday's show we did run a quick test on instagram to see if we could get this live video out um to those of you who want to tune in via instagram live but unfortunately we forgot that um the squished the video format um apparently not landscape but portrait and (laughs) we were getting reports that only like well, all of you could only see maybe a third to a quarter of the screen, um, depending on how you looked at it. So uh, I guess we have more tests to do there. We'll see how it goes. Um, but it was just a test. Uh, but it was a test nonetheless that I think went mildly well. So, yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, we have a interesting lineup of articles today. A couple extra articles still keeping it a little bit short because i i have other projects that i have going on in the background um but i am trying to get you guys the latest information going on um leading off with the feature story that uh, e3 2020 hasn't officially been canceled yet we haven't gotten an official word from the event organizers um but we'll be getting into that uh, it has been rumored and it's most likely going to be looking at that. So we'll be getting into that story very shortly. Um, we'll also be taking a look at the Lenovo Yoga Smart Tab, uh, which is kind of an interesting gadget. We'll also be taking a look at, uh, well, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yes, that game is coming out tomorrow. And, uh, well, if you've played the first game and you're a fan of it or you're kind of curious, um... This article might uh, help you out in deciding whether you do or don't want to play the game. And finally, we'll be taking a look at an update for PUBG that adds team deathmatch and cross-party play, finally. But before we do, let's take a look back on Today in Tech History. All right, today is March 10th. 2020 on this day in history in 1876 alexander graham bell makes the fateful call to his assistant mr watson which is considered the first phone call in history and uh it went well um because they could hear each other and a whole new form of communication was developed from that point on and i think that's it was there anything else i was supposed to cover in it no nope i i think i think i covered it so with that out of the way, let's head on over to today's feature story. All right, now, uh, feature news story or not, uh, if you are interested in reading any of the articles, including the feature article, head on over to technewsgadget.net for uh, those details. But um, just got word not too long ago that E3 2020 has been canceled. Now, before we get to... Um, Having it be definitive, keep in mind that multiple sources familiar with the Entertainment Software Association's plans have confirmed to Ars Technica, who wrote this article, that the organization which is responsible for the annual Electronic Entertainment Expo, known as E3, will soon cancel the three-day expo.
Expo. Um, this is kind of annoying news. Um, so uh, let's just dig into it a little bit, and then uh, I will share some of my thoughts. Like in prior years, E3 2020 was scheduled to play out in early June as a three-day event at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Shortly after he received a tip, indie game publisher Devolver Digital posted a brief, ominous message on Twitter. Cancel your E3 flights and hotels, y'all, but the ESA has not made any announcements about E3 2020 at this time. One source who spoke to ours on background said that they heard the news of the cancellation directly from ESA members and that an official public statement on the matter was supposed to be announced today and was missed. Um, representatives for the ESA did not immediately respond for comment um, on on why if they're canceling, they're canceling. If they're not, they're not. Um, if they're moving to a completely different venue or a wholly virtualized live-streamed event interesting exactly why the event will be canceled is not clear at this time um late last month the esa addressed concerned about the uh okay and this is the only time i'm going to mention it the the virus that is currently going around and its impact on major 2020 expos around the world by insisting that it continued to plan for a safe and successful e3 while otherwise monitoring and evaluating its potential impact on events held in los angeles now keep in mind i have to be careful when i say not only for the podcast and the audience members sake but also for youtube's sake because youtube cracks down a lot of stuff and because this show is made available on youtube not really too concerned about getting demonetized because this channel isn't monetized at all in the least, uh, but just in trouble in a different manner. Uh, it's just, it's it's a whole new world on YouTube is what I got to say compared to how it first started out. It almost seems a little bit over the top, but it is what it is. Following that announcement, E3 um, contracted some creative directors, merchandise and events company, um, uh, I am 8-bit resigned from its post after five weeks on the job. That news followed a February announcement that uh, another longtime E3 collaborator would not be participating in this year's expo. But it's weird outside of current events happening around the world um, how companies have actually been dropping E3. Like, now keep in mind, this isn't because they heard some, like, advanced news story on it. Uh, it... And it's it's weird. EA has ditched E3. Um, Nintendo has regularly had a major booth on the E3 show floor. They haven't hosted an E3 keynote event for some time. Uh, and Sony didn't even show up at E3 last year. Uh, and they're expected not to even show up this year, even though this would kind of make sense, seeing as how the PlayStation Console 5 is expected to launch later this year. Um, which would be the most obvious place at a gaming convention to announce your uh, invention to the world, but uh, that's not happening. But uh, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, but E3, I don't, it's okay. I'm only going to address this once. With the current global news and, and, and concerns going around and, and, and things happening in different countries around the world, I do understand that there is a place for it however given the absence of concrete definitive information most of what's going around is based on speculation and hype and to some extent misinformation false reporting 
and maybe to another extent fear-mongering. Uh, but to whatever degrees those are, are to whatever degrees those are. Uh, <laughs> gotta be careful on whose toes I'm stepping on. So here's all I'm gonna say on that. Please be smart, and please be informed, and please be careful about how... I don't know, I guess you talk about it, or worry about it, um, I don't, it's just, it's, it's kind of actually getting annoying, uh, to some extent, I'm very glad I've cut ties watching TV, don't have cable, never had cable, I just have regular television, but I don't even tune into that, and I haven't, but, um, it's bled over into social media, really starting to get annoying are some individuals that i'm following online who i'm just gonna have to say look if you don't just can it about this um and stop talking until we have more definitive information you're seriously just doing everybody a disservice shut your mouth uh i might just have to like straight up block them for a time being because it actually is kind of um getting stupidly annoying now this might not be the actual reason it's a fairly good reason as to why e3 might be canceled um, still, it's not fun. I don't know, but this year has been kind of weird for, like, gaming events and expos and conventions going on, has it not? I mean, sure, we've had some interesting games coming out. A lot of it, what everybody's attention and focus is on right now is mainly VR and a new game console is coming out by Microsoft and Sony. So outside of that, what really are we waiting on outside of maybe a couple expected big game titles? Um, I don't know. It it seems like it's flatline or stagnated to some extent, which for some reasons I can understand why Sony's not been at E3 the last couple of years, why EA isn't part of it um, since 2016, why Nintendo has their own booth, they don't keynote anymore. Maybe E3 needs to change the direction of how things are going. Maybe they need to have a more live-streamed event, online ticketing, um, viewing pass something. I don't know. I mean, you can get creative. You can get a lot of ideas going on. You don't need to have just a big event anymore. I've actually seen some events the way that they were planned out and the way they went. Quite fun entertaining uh learned a lot but i don't know i just find this kind of annoying that they would just have to shut it down but keep in mind we don't have official word just yet so while we can say three been canceled we're not definitively sure just just like i said now until we get an official announcement from the esa uh just keep that in mind uh also keep in mind that E3 is in June. So a couple of months out by now. So um, we'll, we'll just have to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, uh, let me know your thoughts. If you're excited about E3 2020 this year, if you weren't or not interested, or if any you have any thoughts you want to share on the matter, if you're watching via YouTube, let me know down in the comment section. And if you're listening via podcast, let us know on Twitter. We are at Tech News Gadget. Man, here I was worried I was going to, let news slip and say something stupid and then go off on a rant for like 20 minutes and then get in trouble. I don't know. I'm glad I avoided that. Oh, supposed to talk about the rest of the news. I thought I was done. <laughs> I swear that's all I've been hearing. Like, 
nonstop. It's seriously getting annoying. But the Lenovo Yoga Smart Tab has uh, been released. It's actually a quite interesting piece of work. It's an all-in-one personal entertainment device. Now, Lenovo makes a wide range of digital assistant devices, some of which use Amazon Alexa and some of which use Google Assistant. Now, what's really interesting is that the company is investing in more innovative form factors than first-party OEMs like Amazon and Google. Now, in case you're wondering, the Yoga Smart Tab was first announced at IFA last year and is both a Google Assistant smart display and an Android tablet. Now, this dual functionality is what's really interesting because part displays or smart displays and tablets are, are things that are, are an interesting combination. Combining those into one device makes a lot of sense. Lenovo had a similar product last year called the Smart Tab P10, although that one used Amazon Alexa. Don't know why it doesn't have another assistant or both or why they pick one. This is actually more a standard tablet that sat in the speaker dock to become a smart display, whereas this one is an all-in-one device. This is uh, one that you can actually plop down right in your living room, and it's the perfect smart display and tablet. They do have some specs that go along with it. It uses a Qualcomm Snapdragon 439, um, 4 gigs of LPDDR3 RAM, 64 gigs of EMMC storage. Display is 10.1 inches or roughly uh, 1920 by 1200. Um, connectivity, they have one USB type C port, a combo audio and microphone jack, one micro SD card slot if you have the Wi Fi model, or a separated slot for a nano SIM card and a micro SD card if you get the LTE model. Now, for those of you interested in cameras, it has a 5 megapixel fixed focus with wide angle to 86 degrees front camera and a rear 8 megapixel autofocus camera in the back. Um, they have a 7000 mAh battery and the pricing on this one with an Android 9.0 Pi with ambient mode as operating system will cost you around 300 US dollars. Now, for those of you wondering, you have a video on this? Here it is. Oh, you, you can't see it because you're listening to the podcast? That's fine. You can always catch the full show over at technewsgadget.net. And uh, there you'll be able to find the article link. Click on over. They have images. They have video. Uh, I guess the uh, author of this article uh, had an unboxing and first impression video that they did. Uh, design and display, they looked at it. I have to say, when I saw it uh, last year, it was kind of unimpressive. It looks kind of awkward. doesn't really look like something that would be really good at anything, but after using it, the author of this article is completely sold, and uh, here you can see that how it looks. Uh, what makes it strange, it has a really thick base, and part of that base folds out as a kickstand. What makes it unique is that you can actually use a tablet in different form factors based on how you fold the kickstand. In fact, you can even hang it on the wall if you want, which is quite nice with the Google Photos integration. Although, um, if you want to use it as comic book reader, uh, you could certainly do that as well. So, the article goes on to explain some more things. Uh, I guess there's a small kickstand on it, uh, speakers on the side, the Google Assistant ambient display, things of that nature. So, uh, they also also have uh, information regarding gaming 
and Microsoft Project xCloud game streaming service. So if you want to read more about that, we'll, we will have more um, details on that in an article that uh, we'll have linked to in show notes. Okay, moving on. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah. Now, for those of you wondering, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is out tomorrow for Xbox One PC. Uh, if you're in wondering, well, what is it? It's a meditative, poetic, beautiful platformer with as many quiet moments as it has intense monster battles. It's also brutally difficult. Now, this particular article explains how to pick your perfect difficulty level when playing this game. Now, um, for those of you who are like, ah, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, watch this show anymore. I, I, I gotta get going to work or I gotta hop in the car and drive somewhere. Understood. Good sir, fella, person, um, individual. How do I say it now? I don't know. I get confused. Um, <laughs> dude. And then you're like, roll five. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can actually listen to this show as a podcast. Head on over to latestintechnews.com. There you'll be given a couple of links that you can click on to open in the app of your choice. Or if you already have your smartphone with you, just open up your podcast app. Type in the search bar, Latest in Tech News. Should pull right up. Hit subscribe and you'll be notified once uh, new shows come down the pipe, which is usually Monday to Friday. Um, as in its predecessor, 2015's notoriously pushing or punishing Ori in the Blind Forest, you control the guardian spirit Ori and navigate a mystical forest full of increasingly unforgiving platforming challenges. This time around, combat is given a bigger role. You even provided a Zelda-like arsenal, including a sword, a bow, and a boomerang. Still, enemies can pose a serious challenge. One wrong move, and Ori will blink out of existence in a heartbreaking flash and swift. Get it? Now, when you first boot up Ori and the Will of the Wisps, even if it isn't something you'd normally do, you might want to consider playing on easy mode. In Will of the Wisps, the difficulty setting only alters how much damage you dish out and how much you take. The physical platforming is unaffected, besides the fact that environmental hazards will inflict more or less damage. So, choosing a difficulty setting is largely a choice about how tough you want combat to be. The game doesn't outright specify how exactly the numbers are affected, but it appears to give you a roughly 50% boost both offensively and defensively. For instance, your Spirit Edge, a sweet energy sword, and Ori's most basic attack deals 8 damage to the game's starter enemies on easy and 4 damage on normal. Those enemies' standards attacks will take out a full cell of your energy bar on normal, half on easy, and two entire cells on hard, so keep it in mind if you're going to start fighting enemies. But playing on easy doesn't mean combat is an automatic cakewalk. The game's first mini-boss can actually wipe you out in one hit on normal and on easy too. The difference with easy mode is how much damage you do. Each hit on easy takes away a significant chunk of its health bar, whereas on normal, you'll need to carefully chip away at the beast. So, uh... Yeah, you, you can't really switch difficulty in the middle of the game either. Once you choose a setting at the start, you're stuck at it for the remainder of your playthrough. It's the classic difficulty setting conundrum. At the beginning of a game, before you have any experience, you're asked to make a fundamental choice that will dictate how the rest of the game plays out. Well, how are you supposed to know what to do? Well, here's a 
recommendation straight from Kotaku. Play, well, at least from the author who wrote for Kotaku. Play Will of the Wisps on normal until you open up an area called Qualux Hollow. It's far enough into the game that you'll have an idea of how the difficulty level feels, but not that far from starting from scratch again uh, is a total pain. Um, now, the author actually had to take 90 minutes to reach Qualix Hollow, but uh, they're methodical player when it comes to games like this, and you'll probably get there faster. Now, if you make it to Qualix Hollow without dying much at all, you're probably fine sticking with normal or even bumping it up to hard. Conversely, if you're getting wiped constantly, uh, you might want to turn things down to easy. Or, hey, here's a fun fact about video games that not everyone knows. You can play video games however you want. You can play it on easy, allowing you to laser focus on a traversal, one of the game's true pleasures, without having to fret too much about slipping up in a, f- in a fight. Uh, additionally, anyone who wants to juggle multiple save files in the experiment with difficulty setting should know that you can skip the prologue chapter. Doing so will shave a good 15 minutes off the start of any new playthrough. So um, they do have 10 different save slots, so you can experiment away if you are interested. So, yeah. Ori. Fun game. Definitely drive you crazy. But maybe not as crazy as Bloodborne. Or Dark Souls. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Who knows? But it looks so cool when it's like, oh no! Bloop, and you're gone. <sighs> Thank you, Ori. And moving on to our final article of the day. PUBG looks to add team deathmatch and cross-party play on PS4 and Xbox. Now, um, we finally got an update on that. They do have a full patch note, courtesy of a PUBG Corp blog post. Um, Cross-party play looks like, well, players on console will now be able to invite each other into a single party with a new cross-party play feature. Um, friends list has received a makeover as well. You can now search players from both the same and different platform to add as friends. Players can now find four tabs on the friends list. You have a platform depending. It'll show your existing friends list for your current platform. Players you add to your platform specific friends list using your Xbox Gamer Live tag or PSN name will show here. Um, and players from both console platforms will now be able to join the same custom match created so that's nice they're also uh, adding team deathmatch um the long requested team deathmatch mode has now arrived intense 8v8 fpp fights on seven different battlefields pulled from your favorite maps uh tdm features classic PUBG gunplay and mechanics with all the fun and action of respawning back into the fight the boost gauge functions differently in TDM, and fills by scoring kills and assists restoring your health after you haven't received damage for 5 seconds. The team with the most kills in 10 minutes, or the first to reach 50 kills, wins the rounds, with 2 round wins, securing the match victory. So, um, keep in mind, there are no knockdowns and there is no friendly fire, and you can actually hop into it from the new arcade section of the menu. And then you just have a couple gameplay changes regarding frag grenades, smoke grenades, stun grenades, uh, Molotov cocktail, and they have an item spawn update, um, including peeking or leaning and a waypoint feature as well. So I'll have all these links for you guys in the show notes over at technewsgadget.net. 
And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Latest in Tech News. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes every weekday to Latest in Tech News can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know by clicking that like button down by lo- down below, if I can talk, and by leaving a comment. If you're watching via YouTube and uh, if you're listening via the podcast, be sure to share this episode with a friend. Also, double-check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode. I'm your host, Taylor Merrick, and remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much, keep being awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.